0: Looking forward to uh, Sister Helen's trip. And, you know, it's amazing, Sister Helen, because today we're talking about your trip. Tomorrow we'll have you here already having returned from the trip and sharing all the great things that God did. It's amazing how time is flying this year. Wow. Wow. I am, I am blown away. But today I want to speak to you a couple of minutes about a very important topic. Because if you know this, I don't know, it seems to be a secret because so many people don't know it they don't know this particular I guess principle so it seems to be a secret but it really isn't it's available to anybody the Bible says whosoever will in other words whoever takes the promises of God can have the promises of God because it's for every human being here on earth it is for his creation today I want to talk a couple of minutes about the key that releases God's best in our life the key that releases God's best in our life and let's go to Psalms chapter 50 verse 23 Psalms chapter 50 verse 23. And as you're uh, getting that particular verse, I want to share with you a couple of postulates, a couple of truths, a couple of principles. Number one, we attract what we respect and appreciate. We attract what we respect and appreciate. What we don't respect or appreciate eventually leaves our life. What we don't respect or appreciate eventually leaves our life. And the third one is we have untapped gifts within us, and they're simply there in a latent posture waiting for us to tap into them. But because we haven't appreciated them yet, they haven't been manifest. Or we haven't been thankful for who we are yet, they haven't been manifest. So to a certain degree, all who you are cannot come forth until you appreciate who God made you to be. Problem is, Hollywood teaches us that that's the perfect figure, that that's the perfect woman, that that's the perfect man. Not true. Not true. Somebody in Hollywood, somebody in Madison Avenue decided to push on us a specific figure, a specific size, a specific uh, suit, as it were, a specific color, a specific way your house should look. And what happens is, we could never ascribe to that, or rather we could never attain that posture. We can never attain that because it's either too expensive, it's unrealistic. So we end up living frustrated. But the truth of the matter is, we have to divorce all of that. And we have to learn to appreciate who we are. I have my own taste. Whether or not you like my taste, is really, it's more up to me than to you. You understand what I'm saying? But when we get caught up trying to please others, that's when we get into a lot of frustrations. See, so I have learned throughout this period of time to appreciate myself, to appreciate who God made me to be. Say to your neighbor, I'm important. Say to your neighbor, I am important. And you are. God made you to be important. He made you to be unique, special. And you need to learn how to treasure that. God loves you. You need to love you. I'm going to say it again. God loves you. You need to love you. The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So if you don't love yourself, it's hard to love neighbor. Amen? So when you look in the morning and you say, you know, you're not all that bad. You're actually all right. God made you all right and I love you and I appreciate you. If you can look in the mirror and say that, you're on your way to healing. You're on your way to God's best. and You're on your way to tap into the greatness that God already placed within you. And today I want to discuss that because, you know, we're talking about the Thanksgiving season and we're misguided many times. We really don't understand what Thanksgiving is. We don't understand the power that, that God placed in thanks, in being grateful and, and just being appreciative of something. Mike Murdoch, one time he shared this law. It's called the law of recognition. It's everything that you need in your life is already in your life merely waiting for you to recognize it. Everything you need in life is already there around you, surrounding you, hovering over you. It's just waiting for you to recognize it. Amen. So the first thing I want to share this morning is that Thanksgiving is a worthy and acceptable sacrifice to God. It pleases God. Do you want to please God? Learn to be thankful. Learn to be thankful. Learn to be grateful for what you have now instead of being so frustrated because you want that problem is we're always chasing after that and we never learn to be thankful for what we have now so we miss out on the blessings we already possess psalms 50 verse 23 says but true praise is a worthy sacrifice it really honors me those who walk in my paths will receive salvation from the lord that's the living bible the amplified version says it this way he who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. Note note what it says here. In the Bible, God is said to have shared this truth. When you are thankful, you honor God. When you are grateful, you honor and praise Him. Wow. So part of my praise is not just singing when the choir is singing. Part of my praise to God is being thankful to Him for what I already possess. Part of my praise to God is being thankful even in the midst of difficult circumstances. You know why? Because when you worry and you're out of control, you're not honoring God because you're saying, God, you're not going to take care of this. Therefore, I need to fret. I need to get worried. But if you can trust God and praise Him, how? By thanking Him, even in the midst of a difficult time, what you're actually saying is, Lord, even though it's difficult, I know you're with me. And somehow or another, you're going to make this better. So, in essence, what you're doing is you're, you're sharing trust. You're saying, I trust you. Therefore, I can be thankful, not for the situation, but in the midst of the situation. Yes. Psalms 107, verse 22 says this, Let him sacrifice the, the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. When we thank God, we can declare his works with rejoicing. So, thanksgiving and rejoicing... Go hand in hand. When we learn to be thankful for what we already have, there's a joy that comes to you. My frustration comes when I want a Caddy, even though I have a nice Chevy. If I learn to be thankful for the Chevy, then a joy comes to me. Because, you know, all in all, God blessed me with something. You understand? But, see, when we get greedy and we want more and more and more, what happens is we're no longer joyful. We need to learn how to be content with what we have. Then we're going to find out we have actually a lot more than what we realize. And then guess what? We'll also see that we have the seeds to get more. But you can't get more until you learn to enjoy and appreciate what you have now. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18 it says, In everything give thanks. Say what we mean. In everything give thanks. Note. Note. It did not say give thanks for everything. It said, give thanks in everything. In other words, if I'm going through a hard time right now, I learn to give thanks anyway. I'm not enjoying the situation, but I'm still thanking God because He's with me. Do you remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? What happened? He's praying, and suddenly He starts, you know, it's almost like He has a battle of His life there, and He starts bleeding right from His forehead. Boom! It just starts The extreme pressure and stress of the situation, knowing that he had to go through the cross experience, created a condition in which his capillaries exploded on his forehead and he started bleeding as sweat. So we know he was going through an extreme amount of stress at that moment. And he actually said this to the Father. He says, Father, is there any other way? In other words, I don't want to go through this, Lord. Physically, I don't want to go through this. Then he said this, but Lord... I know you're with me. He says, let your will be done and not mine. See, he settled it in his heart. He knew he was about to go through a very difficult time, but he still settled in the fact that God was with him, the Father was with him, and he trusted God through the process. So the Bible says in in the book of Hebrews that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. See, so here's what happened. When we are going through difficult situations and circumstances, God gives us a joy, not because of the situation, but in spite of the situation. Got it? So even though we're going through a hard time, God can give us a peace where people look at you and say, I don't understand how you're so peaceful. It's it's trust. I trust God. And I thank Him even in the midst of this situation. How many of you are going through difficult times right now? Raise your hands. Amen. We're all going through difficult times in one thing or another. But our trust in God... Manifested by our praise and our thanksgiving and our gratitude will release a joy in our spirit even during this time. And for the joy that was set before us, we will be able to endure that temporary place. Note, you are not determined by your temporary situation. You are more than your temporary situation. That thing came to pass. It will not last. You're greater than your current situation. Hallelujah. So being appreciative and thankful is a powerful tool that has explosive capacities and capabilities to draw God's best to you. Say to your neighbor, it's time that we start drawing God's best. See, and, and God desires, he, he loves to bless His children. He, it, it's, it's said in His Word that He enjoys and appreciates when His children are blessed. See, God loves it when His children are blessed. Even in the natural, you fathers and mothers, you love when your children are having a good time, when they're enjoying their toys. Isn't that true? I used to love it in Christmas time when my kids were growing up. We, my wife and I, uh, we would outdo ourselves every year. Every year we got something special. I remember those days with the Transformers and all that other stuff. We would buy our son the Transformers and the girls would get the... You know, I remember one day we bought Crystal a uh, big... I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's almost like a screen and have had... Pegs that you put on and they light up. What is that called? Peg a light? Bright light? Years ago, she was a child. And she was so happy, she was jumping up and down. And then she runs up to us and says, Daddy, mommy, where's the contricely? We're saying, What? The contricely, the contricely. And then she looked around and she finally found an outlet. The contricely! Because <laughs> she had. The... <laughs> Praise God. And, you know, And we. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's what daddies and mommies do. They boast on their children. You know? But the truth of the matter is, we love it when they're having a great time. Because we're daddies and mommy. How much more the Heavenly Father loves it when His children are enjoying uh, this world that He made for us. He, he made the trees. He made the gold. He made the ore and the iron. Not for Him. He's the owner of all this stuff. He made it for us. He made it for us. Amen. Say to your neighbor, be blessed, because He made all of that for us. Hallelujah. When we're thankful and appreciative of benefits that are given to us, friendships, relationships, gifts, when we're appreciative of what God or who God made us to be in Him, we enter into a realm of discovery. And this realm of discovery allows you to tap into the supernatural. That It's interesting that although things exist, they're hidden from our sight. And they're not released and they're not manifest until we are grateful. So say to your neighbor this, there's something hidden, And only you can find it. But you can only find it when you're grateful. Amen. So a thankful man is a man who has recognized that he has received greater benefits. Greater benefits. And you already have them. They're yours. Say, they're mine. I already have them. Amen. And see, and the law of faith speaks that. The law of faith says, I already have it. Now, I don't see anything where well, you're not operating in the law of faith. You're not operating in the law of gratitude. You have to go farther. You have to go deeper. Has anybody ever used a map? Have you ever had to go to a, the to a house of a neighbor or a friend or family member and they tell you for the first time, this is where I live? What do you normally do? Huh? map or today you map it, absolutely and that's nice and then you go to the next step you buy a gps right i bought the gps my brother and i put it up i went to princeton new jersey and i got lost even worse than never having that you know what it was it keeps on telling you make a left make a left the problem is is on the bottom it's telling you in half a mile make a left they said make a left so i made a left now so i ended up in jersey city so I had to learn how to use this GPS. So even there, you have to really... But here's the point. Here's the point. If you know the starting point, point A, and you know point B, and then you get some directions, you can get to point B each and every time. Every time a plane takes off to go, let's say, from New York to Chicago, it gets from New York to Chicago. It doesn't end up in Florida. It's not interesting? Here's what I mean, and here's where I want to go with this. When we know our destination... We'll get there. Now, there are times when we go through the cross Bronx and we're going to go to the entrance and sometimes the entrance is closed. So what we need to do? Detour, right? In other words, we have to find an alternate way to get to the very same place. In life, it's the very same thing. You say, okay, I need to study. Don't tell me that. What do you need to study? Specifically, what do type of topic do you need to study? Then you find out how many years it takes. And what you do is you map it out and guaranteed you'll get there. It might take two years, three years, four years, but you'll get there. And I guarantee you along the way there are going to be one or two detours, but if you keep focused on the end result, you will get there. See? And in life it's the same thing. When we follow after God, God starts showing us the markers. He starts showing us His will and purposes for our very life. So we start. But guess what? The enemy going to hit you with a detour. You know most of us do. Ah, oh, you see, I told you this doesn't work. No, it's just a detour. Duh. They're making songs of duh now. I hate those commercials. can't stand them. Every time I hear a duh commercial, I change the channel. But the truth of the matter is, instead of us going like we're going to our neighbor's house, like we're going, you know, on Thanksgiving, some of you are going to mama's house, right, or grandma's house, and you're going to go over there, and suddenly there's a detour. You know they got pollo, you know they got pavo, you know, the turkey, right? And they got arroz con gandules, right, right? Come on, come on, somebody. I see the smiles lighting up. Amen. And, uh, you know, and and, uh, what else, what else? Oh, jamón, yes. What else? Empanadas. Empanadas, eh? You're getting me excited now. Actually, why don't you guys stay? I'll be right back. I'm going to lunch, right? (laughs) But, you know, you you got pasteles and all that other stuff, and suddenly you run into a detour. Ah, oh, man, I told you this don't work. I'm going back home. Yeah, right. You're not going back home. You're going to do whatever it takes. And suddenly the bridge is out. It's all right, I'll take a train. Suddenly the train's out. I'm going to walk, but I'm going to have my pasteles today. I don't care. Nobody's going to stop me. And you know that's the truth. But, you know, if we have that passion... You know, in, turn, in our life, to, to, to be able to achieve our goals and, and to, to seek God and to press through. Let me tell you, nothing can stop you. Truly, nothing can stop you when you know your destination. And the Bible says, for the joy that was set before Jesus, He endured the cross. He endured the experiences. He endured the difficult times. And He, the Bible says, He pleased the Father. And He did the will of the Father. Amen. So the word thankful, it's it's amazing, I, I shared it last year, but I'll share it again. It's the act of giving thanks, the act of being grateful to acknowledge the benefits that are handed to you, especially favors given from God. So in the time of thanksgiving, who should we be thanking first? Almighty God, we should be grateful for the benefits that He bestows upon us. It's a feeling or expression of gratitude or appreciation. I remember several years ago, a um, I, 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 very, very good job. I had a regional job, and this job was paying me really good money. And, they would, I mean, they were traveling, uh, 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 taking me all over the place. But before that, I had a job that every two months they'd fire me. Yeah. Jerry, is the weirdest thing in the world. Ever, at the end of two months, they would fire me and say, I'm sorry, we have to lay you off. Then I'd go home tell my wife, okay, I'm, you know, we're laid off. And then they called call me back and said, we got another two months for you. This went on for 14 months. For 14 months, I got fired like six times. Every two months, I get fired. How do, you like, how do you like a job like that? Every two months, you're getting fired. But here's what happened. I learned to be grateful. At the end of about the eighth or tenth month, they fired me. against So well, listen, I was grateful for the two months. I was grateful for the four months. I was grateful for the eight months. That helped me. You know, My wife and I, we became very, very smart with our finances. We started paying everything back because, hey, I didn't know if at the end of two months I had work anymore. But it's interesting, after the 14th month, then they call and say, you know, we've been watching you. And you're a man that, ex- that, that shows gratitude. You don't get angry with us when we let you go. You, you don't show that. You, you show gratitude. And I went, I, I'm, just, I'm just grateful that, I, that you gave me two months worth of work. And you know what they did? Because they saw that I was a grateful man. Because they saw that I didn't throw a tantrum. Because they saw I had the right attitude. They said, we want to give you the regional position now. And it's a full-time with benefits, retirement package. You're going to be traveling. We're going to pay all your bills. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had such a good time. It was an awesome job. But what got me the job was gratitude. What got me the job is I had a right attitude. I had a right attitude before God. I said, Lord, thank you for the two months. Hey, I'm appreciative. Whatever comes, I'm a grateful man. And we need to get into that attitude because most New Yorkers, I noticed, they're, they're so stressed out because they're looking for that. But what about what you have now? Hallelujah. A thankless person is a person that does not appreciate or is ungrateful for what he or she has been given. So we have to get out of that posture and enter the, the posture of gratitude. Thanksgiving is an acceptable sacrifice before God. But one of the beautiful things Thanksgiving does is it destroys our ego, it destroys our pride. And see, when you're dealing with God, you can't operate in pride. Because the Bible says pride comes just before the fall. So when you deal with God, you have to come before Him with gratitude. See, because God's not looking at your ability, He's looking at your availability. In other, in other words, you can't come before God, Yo, God, I'm famous. Yo, God, I have a million dollars in the bank. I got it made. He looks at you and says, excuse me, I created you. Number two, you don't own what you have. I allow you to use what you have. That's, that's the truth of the matter. Because the moment you die, somebody takes what you have. There are some people that they thought they owned it. So that, you know what they did? They put it in the coffin with them. Some of them got so egotistical that they built entire pyramids and brought their wife and their children in the tomb with them. And all the gold and the silver with them, you know what happened? Several thousand years later, tomb raiders came in and found that the gold didn't make the transition into heaven. (laughs) You understand? So we really never own what we have. We are stewards. We're managers. We're given the privilege of having responsibility over people, over things, over children, resources, gifts, abilities. But they're not really ours. We don't get to keep them. We get to use them. And God watches how we use, we use the things that He bestows upon us, the gifts. And depending on how we use them, He says, Ah, he is a person I can trust. Or He says, Got to watch this one. This one's out of control. And sometimes the circumstances plasters you against a wall, then you get angry at God. What are you getting angry at God for? You're the one that used your gifts the wrong way. You're the ones that misuse the beautiful things that God has placed in your hands. Wow. Amen. Well, the Bible says that people that are thankful see things that ungrateful people don't. So having said that, today I want to share, and I'm almost finished, several things. Number one, the thief in the cross, he saw something that other people didn't see. So while he's on on the cross, Jesus is there next to him. He says, Jesus, I see you're a righteous man. I see you're the Savior. Don't forget me. Don't forget me. I might be a criminal. I'm here because I deserve to be here. You're a righteous man. You're innocent. You shouldn't be here. But I tell you what, I know you're on your way to paradise. Would you not forget me? Would you allow me the privilege? Don't forget me. And Jesus looked at him and says, Ah, I see that you have a discerning mindset. I see that you're able to see things that others are not seeing. Because at the same time, the soldiers were mocking him. People were saying, Hey, you, Jesus, uh, you know, you healed others, why don't you heal yourself? You saved others, why don't you save yourself? All of that is going at the same time. And meanwhile, this thief is going, Would you please remember me? In other words, I recognize the greatness in you. So please have mercy upon me. And you know what happened? Right there, in the midst of a whole lot of ingratitude, there was one that was grateful. And immediately, the blessings of God flowed to the one who was grateful. So you could be in a room full of ungrateful people, but yet if you have the right attitude, God's presence, God's favor, God's grace, God's wonderment will be bestowed upon you in the midst of your persecutors, in the midst of those that hate you, in the midst of those that don't understand you, in the midst of those that don't care about you. I want to let you know if you have the right attitude, you will attract the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus one time said this in Mark eight eighteen. He said, we can have eyes and yet not see. We can have ears and yet, yet not be able to hear. And like that, there are many people here today. You know, sometimes God shows you something, you're so excited, you talk about it, about it with your family and your friends, and they go... Has that ever happened to anybody? You have something excited. nobody else is excited for you. Nobody else is excited with you. You know why? They don't see it. So sometimes you need to understand, you might be the first one that sees it. Amen. So don't get angry at people. Just rejoice in the blessings of God. Receive your blessings. And then when they see you flowing in the blessings, then they'll go, oh, you know, I want to have some more. You have, well, open up your eyes then. Start listening to me. Amen. Praise God. And then what about the lady with the issue of blood? Jesus was walking around. There were 5,000 people around him and they were trying to touch him and and they they wanted blessings from him. And he's just walking around. He's being pushed by people. And suddenly there was this lady from afar. She heard that Jesus was a healer. She says, well, I appreciate and value that gift and I need that gift because she had an issue of, of a flow of blood for 12 years. She had gone to the doctors, spent all her money and she says, I need a touch from this master. And she went in, but she had a problem. Have you ever been to a ball game? you ever actually go to a ball game? I mean, it's a lot of people. Well, guess what? She ran in and there was no aisles. She had to make her way. She had to press her way. You ever try to press your way in the morning rush hour on the number six train? Or 42nd Street? Anybody ever been to 42nd Street in the train system? It's one of the most nastiest experiences a human being can ever go through. I know what a sardine feels like. So anyway, uh, you know, she pushes away, and she goes under and over, and finally she gets to Jesus, and she touches him with appreciation. She touches him with gratitude. She touches him with expectancy, and suddenly the power of God suddenly flows from his body and touches her. Nobody else is seeing this thing. Because everybody else is just want to hear what he has to say. They want to catch him in a lie. Like today, journalists, they want to catch pastors in lies, you know. Well, they want to catch him too. And they tried. And they tested him. But she was grateful. So she grabs him. And suddenly, boom, she feels the hinge. Oh, my God, I felt the healing. But she didn't want to say anything because women were not supposed to touch rabbis in those days. And then she was an unclean woman because she, she was having an issue of blood. During that time, a woman had to separate herself during, during that season in her life. So she touched and she shut up. And he goes, somebody's touching me. Meanwhile, there's a whole multitude of people and the disciples are looking at Jesus. What's the matter with you? Jesus, everybody's touching you. They're all grabbing for you. You don't understand. I just felt power. Leave my body. Somebody touched me with appreciation. Somebody touched me with gratitude. Somebody touched me and honored the gift that I am. And because of that, virtue has come out of my body. Who is the one that touched me? So you have this woman, she stands up, she says, I touched you. He says, well, great is thy faith, woman. Go and be healed of your ailment. I haven't seen that type of faith, not even in all of Israel. He boasted on this woman. He didn't get angry on her. You know, it's religious folk that get angry at you when you're crying out to God. It's religious folk that get angry at you when you trust God. and all that religious stuff, all that fanatic stuff. You know, people are hypocritical because we're all fans of something. You know, and what we're fanatical about, we really go for it. There are people out there, they'll tear their clothing off and they'll throw themselves in the street. Save the whales! Save the whales! I know nobody's seen that, that fanaticism, but I have. I work downtown. And sometimes you get get these people, they, I mean, <laughs> save the forests. Save what? Come on, anybody else? Have you ever heard anybody? Save the animals, right? The dogs and everything like that. I mean, I'm not against any of that. But when I'm, save the penguins, save the penguins, right? <laughs> it's, it's amazing to me. The things that people are fanatical about, but yet about God. When, when you see somebody's fanatical about God, or a fan of God, or, or just appreciative of the grace of God. Well, oh, you fanatic, you religious nut. No, we just know something that you don't know. Amen. And we respect God. And guess what? The power of God gets attracted to those that respect who God is. Amen. So let me give you several attitudes, or several responses, or points And with that, I'll I'll close. Number one, when we take control of our attitude and when we enter into that posture of being grateful, here are the things we have to watch out for. Number one, you have to take responsibility for your attitude and your actions. Stop worrying about what this person does, about what that person says, about this person, that person. Don't worry. Ah, the people at my job are horrible. Ah, my family's terrible. Ah, my situation's horrible. Stop it you take control of your attitude and your actions number one you can do it i can choose daily how i'm going to respond to situations i might not be able to control the situation but i can i can choose how i'm going to respond to the situation got it number two i can decide to change my bad attitudes you mean you have bad attitudes pastor yes i have bad attitudes if you don't believe me, ask my wife of 29 years. She knows my bad attitudes. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm not a nice person to be around it, Around with. But you know what I do? I, every morning, I recount the blessings of God. Every morning, I say, Lord, I thank you for this, for that, for that. I actually, I made, I made a list. And I'm checking it twice, seeing who's naughty. And not. I mean, I digress. I have a list of things that I thank God for. Cause he's a good God. He's good to me. But I have to remember not to remind God. I have to remember because I have to remind myself. Cause I can very easily get into a bad attitude. So every morning I check that. Alright, uh, number three. I can think, I can act, I can talk and conduct myself like the person I need to become. Do you know who you're becoming? Do you have a goal? Do you have a passion? Do you have a joy? Has God showed you who you are to be? Are you supposed to be a teacher, a preacher, an elder, a welder? Has God showed you who you are to be? You need to see it and decide to start acting like that person. You're the one that chooses. Ah, but you don't understand how hard. It doesn't make a difference. Nothing that has great value is easy. Everything that has value is going to cost work. Amen. I had to write a book. You know what I did? I had to learn how to be an author. That was the most frustrating process I ever went through. Or at least one of them. Because it was so extensive. It took me a process of five years to understand it. But I, today I'm an author. But if I wouldn't have chosen to be one, I would have never been an author. Today I'm a pastor. I had to choose to become a pastor. You understand my, my point? In other words, we're the ones that actually choose it, and we have to make a decision to choose it each and every day. Number four, this one's hard. You have to to place a high value on people. High value on people. Once you put a high value on people, you respect and appreciate them. Thus, you have the right to tap into their greatness. Because what I respect, I attract. What I don't respect eventually leaves my life. So if I don't respect somebody, I'm not entitled to receive their gift. Got it? And I'll tell you something regarding the kingdom of God. God sets up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, ministers, deacons, ushers. God sets up people with gifts of mercy, gifts of healing. God sets up people with gifts of administration in the church. If we don't respect them, we don't get the right to tap into their greatness. You're going to find in the kingdom of God... The answer is there. There are people there gifted in different areas and God made it that way. When we respect the people right now, you're sitting next to somebody. Do you respect them? don't don't, don't shake your head. You know, don't, don't say yeah, yeah. Don't, No, just think about it. Think about it. Do you respect the people that God has placed there? You're gonna find that every person in the kingdom of God has feet of clay. In other words, they're not perfect. Anybody here perfect? I wanna know. I haven't met one yet. The only perfect person I met met was the person that had last name perfect. And that person had issues. (laughs) Many issues. So they really weren't perfect. It's only named perfect. So what happens? In spite of their imperfections, we can choose to respect and love them and appreciate them. And then we are able to draw the gift that they have within them. You'll find that they have more than what you realize. Amen. All right, so... Here's what John Maxwell says about this. He says realize that your attitude needs a daily adjustment. Say to your neighbor, you need to be adjusted. Has anybody ever told you you have an attitude problem? Anybody ever said that to you? Man, you have an attitude problem. Every day? Well, then you really do have an attitude problem. (laughs) I understand. I know it's just a joke. No, it wasn't. Anyway... But the truth of the matter is, we need an attitude adjustment every day, and that's not a bad thing. We choose to make that adjustment. And then this is hard, because you know why? we have a tendency of being negative, and that is, find something positive in everything. I got no amends on that. <laughs> not even one. Amen. Everybody is one. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> find something positive in everything. You can find something positive in everything. There is something positive in everything. The next thing is, find someone positive in every situation. You can find somebody positive in your job. You can find somebody positive in your family. That's right. Even in your family, they're positive people. People that are going to help you. People that are going to steer you the right way. Amen. Praise God. It's there. It's there. It's like the prego sauce. It's in there. And then the next thing. This is also hard because we tend to be negative people. And that is say something positive in every conversation. I can choose to say something positive in every conversation. I got my co-workers at the job right now. <laughs> they make me laugh because every time they come up to me, they're talking. Then they start cursing, right? And, when, and suddenly you look at them and say, oh man, sorry. They're actually apologizing to me that they're cursing. Why? They don't apologize when they're talking with the next person, but when they get to me and they start cursing, they apologize. Why do you think that is? And you know, it's interesting because I don't really condemn them. I don't go, stop it. My ears cannot hear this. I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. They just know that I'm a man of God because I live it before them. Because when I get angry, you know, I, I go, I'm so upset. Why did you do that? Instead of going, <laughs> loses- You, know? <laughs> you know, you know where I'm coming from. I don't have to use those words. I can choose to say something positive. I'm upset at this, but here's what we need to do. Let's, let's correct it by doing this and this and that. You, you understand? Even when you get upset, you can do something positive to bring correction. Instead of tearing the whole house down. <maneuvering> Amen. Praise God. Good place to praise God right there. <besteht> Hallelujah. Then the next step is, say something positive, but also, next step is, remove negative words from your mouth. I can't. You know what it is? That's, that's who I am. That's what I No, 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 excuse me. You can change. Say to your neighbor, you can change. You can change. The thing is, we don't want to change many times. Well, it's just the way I am. No, that's just the way you currently are, but you can change. Hallelujah. And it starts by looking in the mirror and start speaking different about yourself. Listening to your internal dialogue and being thankful for who God made you to be. And stop trying to be somebody else that you're not. And stop trying to please people that don't care about you anyway. And when you're down in the dumps, they're not going to be there anyway. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. And lastly, express gratitude to God every day. Not just in Thanksgiving. Everybody prays in Thanksgiving. Sit down in the meal. Even the mayor prays. Everybody prays. Today, God, we thank you for this meal. But what about yesterday? What about the week before? No. Express gratitude and be thankful to God every single day. Because people who are grateful are able to see things that others cannot see. People that are grateful attract the blessings of God. So I have a question for you. Are you missing out the treasures that are contained in your very being that God has placed there? Simply because you aren't thankful for who you are? Are you complaining about who you are? Man, I wish I was somebody else. Excuse me, uh, you're not going to get a somebody else body. You only have that body. So you might as well be grateful for who you are. There's something in there that God placed in you that the world needs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So get over what people told you in the past. Get over your circumstances and start allowing the grace of God to flow through you. Sweeten up, kid! The sour stuff just ain't working well. Let me use, uh, you know, New York vernacular. (laughs) Praise God. Are we missing out on the treasures in our local church because we haven't appreciated our local church? We're not being thankful for our local church, for our elders, our, our ministers, our deacons, our ushers. Man, I tell you, I'm grateful every day for, for this team. I mean, how many of you appreciated the worship? Praise God. Well, I appreciate them. And I thank God for the hard work they do. But you know something? These things were carried in by folk. People like Deacon Dennis and others that come in here and just give of their life. You know, I appreciate all of them for what they do. Men that, that take the, the setup and break down. To, we need to appreciate that. Because what you appreciate and respect, you attract. What you don't appreciate and respect eventually leaves your life. Amen. So are we appreciating our gifts that are in, contained in the local church? Or are we taking it for granted? Are we taking our local church for granted? Don't do that. It's a big mistake. One time Jesus lamented. That he came to his people and his people didn't receive him. And he looked at it, the scenario and he cried. And he said, I would have gathered my people like a hen gathers its chicks and protected them and loved them. But they have rejected me. So now in a very short time, all this whole place is going to be destroyed. Because they pushed me away so I can't cover them anymore. If we don't want you, Jesus. You don't understand what you say. And he and he. And he cried out, he says, God, uh, Father, I can't understand it. Why my people will reject me? So you know what he said? So I open up the door. Anyone, whosoever will receive me, I will open up to them. I will open up my treasures. I will open up my blessings to them. Whosoever will, be it Jew, Gentile, be it white, black, Hispanic, Indian, Chinese, Asian, doesn't make a difference. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in conclusion, are we missing out in heaven because we don't respect heaven? Because we haven't appreciated what Jesus did? One time Jesus said, I leave, but I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you may be also. Are we appreciating that? Are we attracting that? Or have we allowed ourselves to get into the complaining mode like so many others? Or the justifying mode? You know... Why so many people are trying to disprove the Bible? Which, by the way, they can't. The more they try to disprove it, the more they prove it. You know why they're trying to? Because they're trying to justify their lifestyle. Number two, if they can prove that the Bible doesn't exist, then that means they can live any old way they want to. But let me go deeper. You ready to go deeper? If there is no God, then all we are are mistakes. Random actions. Random moments of electricity and, 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 and um, energy and different type of elements coming together. And we live for a moment and eat, drink, merry, because we die tomorrow. Because if there is no God, what do you care? Let's do whatever we can. Let's live it up. But if there is a God, then the Bible says we're made for Him and by Him. Now we're responsible to this Almighty God. Now we have to watch the way we live. Now we're responsible to Him, and that's what people don't want. I want to live any way I want, any way I please. And if God tells me, son, this is not good for you. No, don't tell me I want to live whichever way I please. Then when they're in the hospital dying because they overdose, then they get angry at God. Don't get angry at God. God already told you, my son, my daughter, I have your plan mapped out for you. It's in scriptures, in the holy scriptures. God loves us. He already provided for all that we need here in life. Do we appreciate that? Today, are we thankful to God? Are we thankful for who He made us to be? Are we thankful for our life? Your life is not determined, or the value of your life is not determined in the amount of years you lived, but the amount of quality you put into the years that you have here. Amen. So you'll find people, like for example, Dr. Martin Luther King, he lived how much, 39 years, something like that? But in those 39 years, whoa, what a life. And look at the value that's still being manifested from His life, through His life, through His actions. Amen. And the greatest of those was the Lord Jesus. He only lived 33 years. And He prepared 30 years for a ministry of three and a half years. And He gave it all for you and for me. Do we value that today? Amen. I choose to value Him I choose to value the cross experience I choose to value each and every one of you I choose every morning to wake up and say thank you father because you made me for a purpose I have a special calling I'm a special person I have a special anointing on me I have a special gifting on me and therefore I'm a share it with humanity and to do that I have to watch my attitude because if I get into the wrong attitude I won't share who God made me to be because I'll become selfish And I want people to do for me. And I will selectively decide who I give my gift to. And that's dangerous. Or I will limit the blessing I can be. Got it? Jesus died on the cross. He said it's for the world. We go through a difficult time. We say, no, just going to give it to him. Him, him. You you don't deserve it. You, I don't like. You, never. No, no. No, no, no. The more you give, the greater you are. Jesus said that the greatest one is the servant of all. So today, let's bow our heads a moment. And I want to share this with you. The more thankful and grateful that you are to God, the more thankful and grateful you are for what you already possess and for who you are and for the local church that God placed you in. The more grateful you are, the more greatness you're going to benefit from. The more, grateful, uh, the more benefits you're going to derive from it. So today, God wants to remind us in, in His tender yet gentle and wonderful way that you already have all that you need here in life. Some of it you're going to have to work for like a good farmer. He sows the seed, then he has to wait for that seed to take root. It takes time. But you'll notice that when God put seeds on earth, He put everything in the seed. So in essence, in our life, we have everything that we need. We just learn, we need to learn how to sow the proper seeds. Sow friendship. Sow value to others. Don't expect value. Sow value. If you sow value, you will get value. Don't demand from people. Give to people and then you will get. The Bible says, give and you shall receive. So we need to change and tweak our attitude. Be givers. I mean, give, give, give. Give friendship. Give love. Give kindness. Give ideas. I mean, just give. And watch how God is going to bless you. And he's going to open up doors, and he's going to open up relationships for you. And above all, the best gift you can give is by giving your life to Jesus. Because watch watch what happens here. When you give the gift of your trust, God gives you the gift of eternal salvation. So who gives more? (laughs) Jesus gave more than us. But when we give him the gift of trust, he gives us back life life eternal he gives us the connection to everything we need in life he gives us our purpose our destiny today have we trusted jesus have we been thankful for jesus this ho- this holiday season let's make sure it's different let it not be like anything else you've ever experienced before learn to share to give learn to allow the, the spirit of god to flow through you freely through the agape love when you see opportunities, help to meet them. Be the answer instead of criticizing. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, I pray for your people today. And I thank you for this season. I am so grateful. I love the holiday seasons, because it continues to remind me that truly we are blessed. And the greatest blessings is not money, fame, fortune, resources, it's relationships. I thank you for the relationship I have with you, Heavenly Father, through Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the cross experience. I thank you that you died for us and that you rose the third day. And you said, whosoever will. Wow, thank you. And I am a whosoever. So I pray for your people today that you would open up the eyes of their understanding, that they might be able to see that you already love them, that you already made provision for them, Lord, that they might be able today to say, Heavenly Father, I give you my value. I give you who I am. And I give you the gift of trust. I trust in Jesus. I trust in the cross of Jesus. I trust in the sacrifice that He made for me. But I I know, Lord, that when they do that, they're going to get the better end of the deal. Because you give them in response. We give you our pain. You give us your joy. We give you our sicknesses and you give us healing. We give us, or rather, we give you um, our sadness, our despair, our confusion. And you give us a bright and clear future and destiny and purpose. So we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Right there with your eyes closed and your head bowed. If you've never had that opportunity to say to Jesus, Jesus, today I want to be thankful for who you are and for what you did on the cross And I want to receive that gift. If you haven't had that opportunity and and God's been knocking on your heart, I want you to raise your hand right where you are. Just raise it in the presence of God. Everybody with their eyes closed. This is a personal time now. It's personal. It's just you and God. You and God. Just say, God, I thank you for your gift. I receive your gift today. Amen. I see that hand amen everybody with eyes closed I would like the ushers to take note because at the end of the service the ministers would like to meet with the visitors and and I would like for you to help them with the prayer amen are there any other hands praise the Lord hallelujah amen it's you and God see whatever you respect and appreciate you attract and right now, by your trust and your willingness to trust God and to say to Him, I value what you have done. <laughs> you, you're getting the better end of the deal. You're actually attracting the supernatural to you. You're attracting the power of God, the love of God, the grace of God. And at the end of the service, we're going to have the ministers pray with you. Amen. Let's all stand in the presence of God this moment. Just a moment. Just a moment. Just stand. One of us to lift our hands to God. Just... Lift up your hands and right in your own way in your own conversation I want you to thank God and let's practice it by